0: Think about Loha trying to make up for it, fires to the end zone, touchdown! Alabama wins!
1: alone looking for his first hit of the year, oh. he drives
0: one, deep left field, back goes Upton, back near the wall, it's out of here! Bartolo has done it! There's only
1: one word that comes to mind, greatness. One. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. I'm sure that my loyal listeners um, have been devastated during this, what has it been, maybe a two-month hiatus, but we're back, and better than ever, we're talking football. Playoffs, the playoffs are here, um, and if you guys have ever listened to this podcast, especially recently, one person has truly established himself as perhaps the shaman of the pro football landscape with the redshirt podcast and that's jackson powers jackson is joining me today how are you doing jeremy i'm doing wonderful jackson i truly am um i will say though um it's it's kind of off theme that i'm looking at your camera your background has you know seattle seahawks 12th man and oh yeah we're just not talking about them today because they're <laughs> no <laughs> not this year
0: not this year, probably not Not next year either. Yeah, I don't. no, no, I can. And I that could be a whole nother podcast, but it probably we're here, to talk, we're here to talk about some good teams. Yeah, good teams,
1: <laughs> not, not like our teams. All right, let's get right into it. Um, the first game, and as if you guys don't know, the whole new format it's uh, two games Saturday, three games Sunday, and then the whole wacky wild card Monday. Is uh has been added this year with the seventh team on both sides. Uh so we'll kick it off with um this game's at 1:30 Pacific Standard Time on Saturday between the Las Vegas Raiders, who are five and a half point underdogs versus the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Uh I have the Bengals covering their spread, winning 34 to 24. That's hitting the over on this game. Uh Burrow and Chase are absolutely scorching right now. We saw it just what 3 weeks ago where Jamar Chase put up 2 no, 2 weeks ago 266 yards. He had more receiving yards than Patrick Mahomes had passing yards that week. The these two have an absolutely inseparable connection. They are they're a fantastic wide receiver quarterback duo right now. And I don't really see this Raiders secondary stopping them. Um, all in all, I think the Raiders are a very low-end team in this playoffs. Uh, bottom three for sure out of this 14. Um, and in terms of DVOA, they're very middle of the pack. They don't have a ton of star power on their team. Max Crosby has obviously been a true highlight. He has uh the I think the th- most I think the most pressures this year may or may not be wrong on that, but um, either way, Crosby has been a stud, a defensive player of the year candidate in my eyes. Uh, But outside of the outside of that, Waller hasn't been very healthy, obvious issues with Henry Ruggs. Derek Carr is, is pretty mediocre in my opinion. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about this. I just think that the Bengals offense is way too dynamic for the Raiders. Raiders are a fringe playoff team and they're playing against, in my opinion, the hottest team in the league right now. Uh, the Bengals actually, uh, spoiler alert, are my pick to make it out of the AFC, which I understand is a little bit bold, but I, I'm i one to, to pick teams who got get hot at the right time. Uh, the Bengals seem to fit that bill perfectly. Uh, I have the Raiders losing in this one. Yeah, so
1: I similarly have the Cincinnati Bengals winning this game. However, I have the Raiders covering the five and a half point spread. I have the score at 31-27 Bengals. And I think I I really agree with everything you say um, on paper with the way that Cincinnati's been playing. I think you'd be a madman to take the Raiders outright. Um, But there's there's just a level to the Raiders that I like. And I'll, I'll elaborate on that in a second. Um, I have, I wrote down a couple of X factors um, for Vegas. I said, the X factor is Darren Waller, we know what he's capable of doing, but he just hasn't been that guy as of late. He's had some pretty good games, but he's had two catches each um, in the last two weeks. Um, if they want to win this game, he's going to have to take over. Um, it's a Bengals defense that, I mean, it, it's not incredible against the past, not to say it's bad, But you're not going to be able to run the ball, you know, 30 times with Jackson's favorite player, Josh Jacobs. You need Darren Waller to be that guy. Um, That's how they win. Bengals side, um, I did. I said Sam Hubbard slash Trey Hendrickson, essentially just saying the pass rush. The Raiders have probably a bottom five offensive line. Derek Carr might be used to getting pressured, but I mean, against any quarterback, the the method to winning, it's not hard. If you can pressure the quarterback, you're going to win the game. Um, So, yeah, ultimately, Bengals coming as the clear better team. But when you look at it, the Raiders just have had a miraculous turnaround um, to making the playoffs. And I think there's no reason uh, not to think that the Raiders are going to fight really hard. I think, like I said, Bengals' defense isn't great against the pass, but ultimately – you can't pick against Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense too explosive, but Vegas is going to keep this a game. I think there's just, I don't often like saying, you know, citing non-statistic things as a reason to justify what I'm picking, but you got to feel like there's just a special element to this Raiders team, the way that they've turned it around after. I mean, you have Gruden rugs, uh, They've just they're Nate Hobbs DUI. Um who was the someone who did they release? It was what cornerback was it? Oh, uh I know Damon Arnett. I know Damon talking, Arnett. Damon yeah, Damon Arnett. Arnett. There you go. Damon. I mean, just all of this, you know, they get their shot in the playoffs. I don't think they win, but I, I think they'll keep it close. That that's my rationale. Um, but we agree there. We both have Cincinnati outright. And next we have the New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills in a Divisional matchup in the wild card round. Bills are four point favorites. This game's at 5:15 on Saturday.
0: Uh, I have the Bills winning 21-20, hitting the s- small under of 44. But the Pats are covering their four point spread. Uh, I'm expecting a very defensive game. This is two very good defense. Uh, the Bills are number one in defensive DVOA, and the Pats are number four. Uh, these teams have met up, like you said, they're division rivals. They've met up twice before this season, both of which were fairly low scoring. Um, And the last time these two met up, Josh Allen played one of the best games in recent memory. It went fairly under the radar in terms of media coverage. But Josh Allen was consistently hitting throws um, that I had never seen a player hit before. Very Patrick Mahomes-esque. Uh, type of game out of Josh Allen. It was fantastic. And this time I'm not really expecting anything less. Uh, I think Josh Allen absolutely balls out in a low scoring affair. Um, However, I will say, I don't think you should expect that. Expect anything out of Stefan Diggs. If you're into prize picks or anything like that, Pats are very, very well-known for shutting down a team's number one option. Diggs clearly fits that bill for the Bills. Um, I don't have a ton to say about this game just because uh, they're division rivals. It's it's pretty similar each time that they play each other. We've already seen this matchup previewed twice this season, um, but I think the Bills are the better team. I think they have a much better quarterback behind the dish, uh, much better offense in general, uh, and I think that they're winning this one in a close one.
1: Yeah, so I also have the Bills. I have them covering the four-point spread. I have the Bills winning by a score of 27 to 17. Um, my X Factor in this game for New England. Uh, it's got to be the edge rusher Matt Judon. He's been terrific this year, 12 and a half sacks, 14 tackles for loss. He's been super disruptive. If you're watching the Patriots, you can see him with his red sleeves. He's everywhere. Um, I hate the Patriots, but, I mean, it's hard not to love the whole – He's wearing like it's just a staple the way that he's wearing his red sleeves. Um, but if you, similar, if you watch Josh Allen, it is. I, I mean, look, I've been on record. I'm not a fan of Josh Allen because I'm a Jets fan. I don't like either of these teams. I wish they could both lose. But Josh Allen's escapability and his way to make something out of nothing—you gotta contain him in the pocket, and that means Matt Judon sealing the edge um, against not a, not an incredible Bills offensive line by any means which um, moves me into my Buffalo X factor, which you could just say is the offensive line in general, but I pointed out specifically right tackle Spencer Brown, only a rookie, but I think if he can hold his own and pass pro, they have a good chance of winning. Um, He has a 62 and a half PFF grade this year as a rookie. Um, And I think if he can be the guy to seal it on the right side, um, Bill's unit's going to be a lot better and they're going to be a cohesive unit. Keep Josh Allen upright, win the game. Um, the bottom line, though, they split the season series. Patriots won the first one. I, I feel like everyone remembers that game because Mac Jones attempted three passes, three passes. Um, then game two was a totally different story. Jones was 14 of 32 with two interceptions while Josh Allen was incredible. And granted, the Patriots have ran the ball well against the Bills. Um, both times, Damian Harris had... Uh, over 100 yards in both games, but I just I, I don't see the Patriots having much success uh, much success against a, against the stingy Bills defense. And ultimately, Josh Allen is just the most dynamic player out there. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be able to match that. Um, so with that being said, Bills 27 17. Next game as we move on to Sunday. It is the Philadelphia Eagles' 8.5-point underdogs against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 10 in
0: the morning Pacific Standard Time. Um, this one is a little bit of a lock. The Eagles were <laughs> barely a playoff team, and the Bucks are the reigning Super Bowl champs. I have the Bucks winning. However, I do think the Eagles will cover the spread. Uh, 29-21 is my prediction for this score, hitting the over of 46 uh, like I said, this is a lock, but eight and a half is just too high for a competitive playoff game. And I say competitive playoff game because one of these Sundays games, I wouldn't quite call competitive. But you'll hear about that in a little bit. Um, Bucks are now without Godwin, Fournette and Antonio Brown. Godwin and Fournette obviously getting various injuries and Antonio Brown going crazy, doing Antonio Brown things and eventually ending his career to rookie Zach Wilson. Um Jalen Hurts is a guy I want to talk about. He has only gotten better throughout this season. At one point, he was kind of viewed as a guy who is a terrible quarterback, but the only reason he was getting recognition is because he's a fantastic fantasy player. Uh, At one point in the season, he was the number one fantasy quarterback, but he was not really getting this offense to click. Uh, I really view him differently than that now. I think that he's gone through his reads a little bit more, excuse me, um, I think he's a little bit more accurate, a little bit more of a developed quarterback throughout the season. Um, and I, and I trust him to at least be competitive against the Buccaneers. This Eagles team is starting to click. The running game has looked really good, even without Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, any of those guys can get it done. This is a fantastic running scheme that the Eagles have set up here. And obviously Jalen Hurts is a super mobile quarterback. Um, Bucks have a good run defense, but it's still going to be a tough task. Uh, I don't necessarily think that this will be an upset, but playoff games are pretty rarely bigger than an eight and a half point win. Uh, I'll point to the Bucks versus Washington game last year. Washington was one of the most fraudulent playoff teams in recent memory. They won their division with, I believe, six wins, seven wins. Um, and they were going up against Tom Brady and company and they, they made it a close game. Taylor, Heinecke, Taylor Heineke, um, it was his first ever career start and he made it competitive. And I think the Eagles are a much better team than that Washington team. I think they'll do the exact same thing. So the Bucs, in my opinion, are going to win by eight, hit the over, but the Eagles will be covering their spread.
1: We have a very similar, I mean, in general, I think we agree a lot, but this one we really um, nail on the head. I have the Buccaneers winning 28 to 20, which is not good enough to cover the eight and a half point spread. Um, The X factor here for Philadelphia. I mean, it has to be Jalen Hurts. If you're going to upset a team as good as the Buccaneers, Hurts has to be dynamic as both a passer and a runner. That's what we saw from Taylor Heineke last year, albeit they didn't win. But he played He played really well, put his team in a position to win. Jalen Hurts, I mean, for all the critics, for all the skepticism around him, I don't really care about the whole, you know, in terms of Jalen Hurts. I don't really care that the Eagles haven't beaten a, a playoff team. Like, that's an issue, I think, for the team itself. But Jalen Hurts has proven that he – I'm not saying he's, you know – Necessarily, necessarily an elite quarterback, but he's proven himself to be able to be a franchise quarterback, and I think he's doing that with honestly not great pieces around him. Because when you look at the team, uh, I mean, the weapons you have: Devonte Smith um, and Dallas Goddard. But really, I mean, eh, I mean, so you know, respectable line, I suppose. But just in general, I think Jalen Hurts is really talented um, and has proven himself to be be worth the job. And really, it was set up to fail the way that like. Sounded like they didn't want him to be playing, which was bizarre. I could go on this whole tirade about Jalen Hurts. The bottom line is you need Jalen Hurts to be spectacular to win this game. Like you need him, you know, I don't necessarily want to put yards on it because I don't think yards entirely um, explain how good of a game is. But you need him to be accurate, limit the turnovers. And really, I think using the legs is the key. Have a rushing touchdown or two. Um, Then on the other side, you mentioned uh, Antonio Brown's rage quit um, and some injuries. So my Buccaneers X-Factor is wide receiver Tyler Johnson um, with the wide receiver room decimated by injury. Um, I think Johnson could step up as one of the secondary receivers um, to help out Tom Brady. Um, And yeah, so overall, there's just not that much to say about it. This Eagles team is just so painfully meh, but there's, there's just something about them and it's, it's kind of, it's, I don't, it's not similar to the Raiders because they're different, but I just, I think that they're going to play hard. They've, they've continuously played hard. I, I was skeptical about Nick Sirianni. I'm not sure that he's an incredible coach, but the fact that they're in the playoffs is very impressive. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think that they're just going to lay down and die, especially with Tampa Bay's good. Tampa Bay is still good enough to make a big playoff run but they certainly seem more vulnerable than normal due to the loss of chris godwin and antonio brown um so i I think the eagles will keep this relatively close i think eight and a half um i i'd expect them to keep it within a possession here so i'll take the buccaneers 28 20 uh next up san francisco 49ers against the dallas cowboys in the game that is on nickelodeon the
0: 49ers or rather the Cowboys are three-point favorites. And this is the game that I was most excited to talk about. I have the Cowboys winning 31-27, hitting the over, and the Cowboys covering their three-point spread. This is the first game where it really, really starts to get interesting. The 49ers are getting healthy and hot at the right time. Whereas in my opinion, the Cowboys have the best roster in the league. They're clicking right now. They've put up 50 plus points in I think two of their last three games. Uh, The Niners might be missing Trent Williams. That's going to be a huge X factor for this team. If this is the case, Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence are going to have a field day off of that left edge. Um, Jimmy G or Trey Lance, whoever they end up going with is going to be in some trouble. Um, Jeremy, you may not like it, but Trayvon Diggs is going to play a critical, critical role in this game. He has 11 interceptions on the year. He has been a ball hawk by all standards, standards, and Jimmy G is notorious for throwing very interceptable passes. The Niners are negative in the turnover ratio, and I really think Trayvon Diggs is going to play a factor in turning the ball over for the Niners. Um, Nick Bosa is having a super under the radar bounce back season. In my opinion, he's a clear comeback player of the year candidate. Um, but, but people don't want to talk about that right now. He is exceptional this year and he's going up against obviously the dreaded Cowboys offensive line. But um, if, if he, if he gets into, if he plays how he's played all season, Uh, He's going to wreak havoc no matter who he goes against. Nick Bosa, in my opinion, top two or three edge rusher in the league. He is fantastic. Rehabbed off that torn ACL very well. Um, And I think he's going to give Dak Prescott some nightmares. Uh, This, in my opinion, is the best game in this little wildcard assortment. Um, But the Cowboys are my favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. Their roster is clicking. Uh, they're super versatile. Dak Prescott looks like he's starting to figure it out. CD Lamb has emerged as this team's best receiver. The two-headed monster of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard is really hard to stop. The offensive line is fantastic. Micah Parsons is having one of the best rookie seasons in recent memory. Trayvon Diggs has 11 picks on the year. I mean, where can you go wrong with this team? There might Sure, there's some coaching issues, but like I said earlier, this is the best roster in football right now. I think Dallas is, I think this is Dallas's year to win the Super Bowl. Um, and that starts with beating the Niners right here on Wildcard weekend.
1: I don't disagree with any of your evaluation about the Cowboys. The roster is incredible. Well, I, I should take that back. There's one thing I disagree about with you on the <laughs> Cowboys, but it's okay. I'm just not a Trayvon Diggs fan. I haven't been. But- that's the thing is people are haters of Trayvon Diggs now. I'm different. Like people are like no, Oh, Jeremy, the, you know, Jeremy was a born. <laughs> was like <laughs> I'm the o- I'm the OG
0: Trayvon Diggs. Hater. <laughs> yeah, he was he was on the Trayvon Diggs anti-bandwagon before it even existed.
1: And then I mean I I was I'm like the CEO of the Tony Pollard fan club, though. So like I, I, I you I should, and I
0: both. You and I both.
1: Yeah. Um, but so I actually I have the Niners winning this game. And it's one of those where There's no doubt that the Cowboys are the better team to me, but the Niners are just getting hot at the right time. And I like Kyle Shanahan to cook something up special. X-Factor-wise, the ultimate X-Factor in all of football, one of the hardest guys to game plan for, um, really most versatile weapon in the league right now, it's Debo Samuel. Um, you, You can play him at receiver. You can play him at running back. Line him up at quarterback. Put put him in a defense. For all I care, he's gonna get his touches and make plays. Um, you know, I, I don't love Jimmy Garoppolo. I I really wish that they would just give it to Trey Lance. I think that would be really awesome. But it doesn't matter who's there when you have Debo Samuel. He's just gonna make plays. Um, and then on the Dallas side, it sounds like Trent Williams is trending towards playing. But either way, Micah Parsons is the X factor. Jimmy Garoppolo is just not particularly good at football, and if you get Micah Parsons in there, I mean that's been a constant theme so far. Um, is it, pass rush um, as guys that I'm highlighting. Um, Micah Parsons has been absolutely incredible as a rookie. He's established himself as a you know defensive player of the year candidate. Um, so he, he's going to play a big part ultimately. Again, on paper, I think the Cowboys make a lot more sense. And I really, really, really wish that uh, Trey Lance was the starting quarterback because I just think he is already so much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, But I just really like how dynamic, and that's not to say the Cowboys offense isn't dynamic, but I love the playmakers around Garoppolo. I'm a huge fan. Um, I already mentioned Devo Samuel. And then, of course, Arizona State's own Brandon Ayuk, and I mean, sometimes, I, I don't know how, but George Kittle just falls under the radar sometimes, especially towards the beginning of the year when he was a little banged up. And dude is just a monster. And I mean, I don't know how you don't love the guy. He's just so likable. Um, and I don't I don't know. Dak has overall been solid this year, but he, and, you know, I not that I expected him necessarily to be elite Dak you know after the gruesome injury but there have just been some times where he looks a little off and I don't think he necessarily plays a bad game but I don't think I don't I don't think he elevates them in this game against a pretty solid Niners defense I'm taking the Niners um 26 24 Niners this is my first outright upset although I've taken so far I've taken three covers with one of them outright so yeah Next one, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas
0: city chiefs. The chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites. Now this is the game where I made that little competitive playoff game comment. This is the game that I was referring to Uh, in the, in the Eagles game. I gave the Eagles the benefit of the doubt on the spread an eight and a half point spread uh, because competitive playoff games are usually not that much of a blowup. However, I don't think this will be a competitive playoff game. I have the chiefs covering their 12 and a half point spread, smashing the over almost on their own winning 40 to 17. Um, And like I said, I understand that I gave eight and a half point underdogs the spread because uh, too big for a playoff game. This is not going to be a competitive playoff game. The last time these two matched up just three weeks ago, the chiefs, blew them out of the water. I can't stress that enough. The Steelers looked like they did not belong on the same field as Kansas City. Um, And since then, Big Ben has gone on record and said that the Steelers are the worst team in the playoffs. This game won't be competitive and that their goal is to have fun. When I first saw it, I thought it was fake. You do not say those things to the media unless you believe them. I don't think that the Steelers team has it in the tank to beat the Chiefs. They don't sound like they want it right now. I think Big Ben is just saying, screw it. Um, Let's end it off with a fun game. Uh, I I think this is pretty much the equivalent of a bye week for the Chiefs. I think they are going to cruise past the Steelers. um, An absolute blowout. Very non-competitive game. I don't have a ton more to say besides the Chiefs are going to crush it.
1: I genuinely don't understand how that was a real quote. And the thing is, it's one thing to say, like, like maybe we're the worst team going into the playoffs and then having like a positive spin, like, yeah, but we're going to, we're going to come out fighting. It's a new, you know, a new beginning. But the way he just like
0: conceded is so bizarre. I thought it was a meme. Like, like I thought I I was being pranked. And, and I like I looked at the video too and he didn't sound sarcastic at all. Like I figured there must be something going on there. I think I think he said what he meant, which
1: is just so strange, but whatever. Um, this, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, my score is a little closer. I have the chiefs winning 30 to 10. Um, but no, I, I really don't see how this is competitive. The chiefs are, are clicking on all cylinders. Really, I was never concerned about the offense. Obviously, Mahomes looked human for a couple games, um, but I think a lot of the turnovers didn't really tell the true story, and he's looking back to more typical Mahomes. And the biggest thing about the Chiefs, the most important thing about the Chiefs, all you're going to, you know, mainly what you're going to hear about is, oh, you know, the offense, the offense. The Chiefs' defense, which was atrocious to start the year and is known to, you know, recently that's kind of been their pitfall is that, you know they're they're not good defensively. It has improved drastically, and that's not to say that they're necessarily an incredible unit. But since you know since they were in that little dry spell midseason, people were like, "Oh, the Chiefs are going to miss the playoffs." Not only is the offense turned it up, the defense has done its job. Um, and so my X factor for Kansas City, you're gonna you're not going to believe this, but it's Chris Jones, another you know defensive lineman, pass rusher. It seems like. There's a little bit of a theme here, but more so than ever, like there's nothing Big Ben can do against pressure. Because, you know, when I was talking about Matt Judon, I was saying that you need a pressure. He needs a pressure to contain Josh Allen because of Josh Allen's escapability. But what's Big Ben going to do against Chris Jones or, or any of the ed- what's Big Ben going to do? Scramble? Three, I, like, Like, I know that I'm being kind of facetious here. But, like, Big Ben is just so screwed against the Blitz, especially with his lack of arm talent left. If you're getting home, there's just, like, there's just no way. Um, and then the next factor for Pittsburgh, it's got to be Big Ben. I mean, if they can somehow pull off this miracle of a win, it's going to have as Big Ben plays a legacy kind of game. I don't really foresee that. But, I mean, that's the only way I can really look at it. Um, kudos for the Steelers for getting in um as a you know deep chargers hater i was very happy to see um if you know see last week unfold as it did um that's for sure but yeah chiefs blow out this is this is a disgusting matchup but i hope i hope i hope they have a fun time i guess (laughs) um all right so that brings us to our special monday game The Arizona Cardinals four point underdogs on the road against divisional rival, the Los Angeles
0: Rams. Uh, This is definitely going to be one of the better playoff games. We're going to see this year. I have the Cardinals covering their four point spread and winning by six Cardinals, 27 to 21, hitting the under of 49. This matchup is very close. Like Jeremy said, these are two division rivals. They've played each other twice this year. Each have gotten a win. Um, they and they each have a lot of bright spots on their roster. Sony Michelle is hot right now for the Rams. Cooper Cup, in my opinion, is the clear offensive player of the year. The way with the way the Colts tailed off, I think Jonathan Taylor's case is destroyed. Um, Chandler Jones and Aaron Donald both look like two of the best defensive players in football right now. Um, And we could play this matchup game all day. I think ultimately what this comes down to is who wins the quarterback matchup. And right now, I think I trust Kyler a lot more than I trust Matt Stafford. Stafford has looked really shaky in his last few games. Um, He looks inaccurate. I don't think his decisions have been fantastic. And he throws a lot of very interceptable passes. Uh, And I think the Cardinals secondary will be able to take advantage of that. A lot of people forget Kyler Murray was the clear runaway MVP after eight weeks or so in the season. Um, After that, he got injured and tailed off a little bit. But Kyler is still that guy. Um, I think he's been a lot better than Stafford on the season. Stafford's been uh, a little bit of a failed trade, I might say. Obviously, he's better than Goff, but I don't think he was worth two first-rounders. Uh, now I understand Kyler does not have DeAndre Hopkins, but even when D hop was healthy, he wasn't really the focal point of this offense. The Cardinals did a really good job of spreading the ball around. Chase Edmonds got some touches when he was healthy. James Connor has been a touchdown machine. He has is ironic. Yes. Yeah. He is what 14, 15 touchdowns on the year. Something. So, yeah. Something, something right in that area. Um, Christian Kirk and AJ green have both gotten touches. Rondale Moore has been that crafty wide receiver that they'll use out of jet sweeps and RPOs and other stuff like that. The point that I'm making is um, they've been able to spread the ball around to pretty much every target on this team, including newly acquired Zach Gertz from the Eagles. Um, I don't think... Obviously, Hop is a valuable piece to this team, but I don't think that this offense is necessarily bleeding without him. Um, that being said... Uh, in this final wild card matchup, I have the Cardinals as my only upset, covering the spread, hitting the over, and beating the Los Angeles Rams.
1: This one is really bizarre because we have the exact same score. However, I am taking the Rams of Los Angeles. Um, I really, I mean, I always say this because we see a lot of things similar, um, but also, I, I'll tell off. My X factor for the Arizona Cardinals, speaking of the lack of DeAndre Hopkins, speaking of spreading the ball around, it's Christian Kirk. Um, And I don't think necessarily, I expect Kirk to have a huge game, but there's going to need to be someone to step up, um, make plays, because I don't think you're going to be able to win this game running the ball. Um, The Rams are pretty solid against the run. Um, So I, I, I don't think that's the recipe to winning. And when you're playing a pretty solid Rams secondary as well, Um, obviously you have the Jalen Ramsey factor. You're going to need someone to step up, and that's not to say DeAndre Hopkins has been playing great this year, but I think the presence of DeAndre Hopkins being on the field, drawing, not that necessarily. um, The Rams used uh, Jalen Ramsey kind of interesting, but even just the threat of DeAndre Hopkins, I think opens it up for other people. So I think Kirk's going to really have to establish himself in, in order for them to win this game, or just a wide receiver to step up. Um, and then the Ramzik's factor, which this might be just playing into the storyline a little bit, but h- I mean, how can it not be the guy that already came back from the torn Achilles cam makers? He, he only got a couple touches um, in week 18, but the fact that he even played is significant. And uh, again, I, we don't know exactly how healthy he is. Um, it's unfortunate to see the downfall of Daryl Henderson, you know, given how great he was on my fantasy team to start the year and how Jackson
0: slandered my selection of him, but he was just incredible. I thought um, you reached. I, I honestly, you're lucky it lasted that long because Michelle has been the better back. They went out and got him. You're lucky it lasted that long. Okay. Well, I will start off by saying Sony Michelle just
1: was not the better back at the time. Daryl Henderson was playing incredible. Um. So I I don't think that's a valid take. It's not like it's not like it was yeah. the Mike Davis situation where Mike Davis was just sucking. Oh, so they went to that Cornier. was
0: that was that was my worst take going into this year. Oh I was yeah, no, so no, all in. Just
1: because the opportunities were there for Mike. Davis. Yeah. About the uh, yeah. Mike. We don't. I don't even want to talk about fantasy <laughs> football. Um. But Cam Akers, I don't. I don't expect him to get a ton of touches, but he's just so talented that I think. It's one of those things, his presence or even just getting a couple of snaps, maybe, you know, utilizing him in certain short yardage situations or there are just certain looks you like him. How can you not be looking out for him? Um, It's not to say he might be the most impactful player um, next Monday, but he's just someone you got to look at. And so this should be a phenomenal game, truly. These are two very fun teams. And while I do generally agree that I would take Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's, I I would take Kyler Murray over Matthew Stafford. Um, Matt Stafford hasn't been playing great. um, But I think that the recipe to winning this game, and I I, I do have a lot of faith in Sean McVay is keeping it simple for Stafford. I don't think they need to be bombing it deep um, as if you look the Cardinals defense, re, I mean, not, not great against the run necessarily. Um, I, I think the path is. And again, again, it's not this simple, but get the ball in Cooper Cubs hands. Um, I guess it could have been fair to say Cooper Cubs, the X factor, but he's, I mean, he's, he's been spectacular. If, you know, positional value didn't exist. He was maybe the MVP with just how good he's been this year. And. I don't, when you have Jalen Ramsey on one side to negate um, the big plays, which not to say that Jalen Ramsey, obviously Jalen Ramsey alone, isn't going to stop every single play or, you know, the Rams wouldn't give up any touchdowns, but that star power. When you have Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, when it comes down to those last, you know, crunch time, I'm taking the team with that star power on defense. And that's not, again, back to DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't looked like himself this year. He's not, the same pride prime d hop but in a playoff game with i think you know a lot of guys that are pretty pretty inexperienced in this kind of spot they're gonna miss d hop and that is ultimately one of the deciding factors for me uh, in taking the los angeles rams rams move on and yeah so just to recap um in game one i have the Bengals. Winning with the Raiders covering while Jackson has the Bengals both winning and covering uh, in the Patriots versus bills. We both have the bills covering and winning outright. Correct. Uh, No, I have the, I think I have the Patriots covering. I have the, the bills Patriots winning cover. by one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my bad, my bad. Um, Then next one, Eagles, Buccaneers. We both have the Eagles covering, but the Buccaneers winning outright.
0: Then
1: um, the next one is our first, True split decision. Jackson has the Cowboys, and I have the Niners straight up. Um, next one was pretty easy to agree on. We both had Kansas City beating Pittsburgh um, straight up, as well as covering a pretty big playoff 12-and-a-half point spread. Um, and then we closed it out, both picking the score 27-and-21. However, I had the Rams covering their four-point spread, while Jackson had the Arizona Cardinals pulling off the upset. So yeah, that's, that's how we're picking Jackson. How are you feeling? What are in, in general? I mean, we obviously just talked about several games. What are, what are some primary storylines
0: you're looking at in this postseason? Um, I, I mostly want to see if the Bengals can stay hot. They've been a team I've really been looking at, um, Joe Burrow, Joe Scheisty, Joe, he's been, he's exploded onto the scene this year. Um, I, he's, a, he's a really fun guy to watch. I slandered them a lot before this year, and we I all have did. heard it from Bengals fans, yes. Um, uh, like I said, they are my Super Bowl pick, or, or at least to make it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. Um, I want to see if they can keep it up. The, the most interesting game, in my opinion, is the Niners-Cowboys because I think that this is just the most balanced matchup. Same with Cardinals-Rams. But um, both the Niners and Cowboys are really, really hot right now. Uh, both finished the year on win streaks, and I'm excited to see how that goes. Um, yeah, so so like I said earlier, my Super Bowl pick is uh, Cowboys over Bengals. Uh, do you have Do you have your storylines that you're looking into?
1: Yeah, and before that, I'm gonna give you a fun fact. I don't remember exactly if you had them winning, but I, I do know that Jackson had the Browns going to the uh, Super Bowl. So. I did have
0: them winning, I did have them
1: winning. Um, for reference, my preseason pick was, I believe, Rams over Chiefs, which is very much still in play. Um, uh, my current pick for Super Bowl, I have, I have the Chiefs over the Packers. Um, but in terms of storylines to look for, number one to me, no question is the Titans with the return of Derrick Henry. The Titans make absolutely no sense to me because they're just like... I I don't understand how they got the number one seed. Don't get it twisted. My sister now lives in Tennessee. I live and die by the Titans. Um, I I mean, their defense has improved greatly. They've been pretty good against... Not pretty good. They've been towards the top of the league against the run um, and so on and so forth. But I just... It shocks me how that how they've won so many games without Derrick Henry, without you know Ryan Tannehill playing nearly as good as he had in the past. I mean, he's throwing for 235 yards a game, 21 touchdowns to 104, 21 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. Like he's been okay, but nothing's great. I get it that the run game has still been solid even without Derrick Henry, with uh, Deontay Foreman uh, as well as Dontrell Hilliard, but it's just like. It's it's strange that they're the one seed considering they're, they're a good team. There's no question they're a good team. They're a playoff team, but it's just weird seeing dynamic teams like the Bengals, the Bills, um, the Chiefs, and then it's it's the Titans. It's just there's not the sexiness to it. Which um, by the way, another Jackson prediction was that the Titans would break the break a bunch of offensive records with the additional week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I think my fatal flaw there was was the injuries just timing themselves up perfectly. It just seemed like all four of their superstars, that being Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown and Julio Jones could not be on the field at the same time. Uh, I was really high on the Titans, but it's very ironic that it's their defense that earned them the spot as high as they are. I really thought that their offense would be taking over the league.
1: It's so bizarre. Like,
0: I just didn't see this coming from the defense at
1: all. And I understand with the injuries why the offense hasn't been as explosive, but like, it's just Tannehill not even being as good. Like, I, I guess this is also off the top of
0: my head. So maybe, maybe this is closer. Yeah. But
1: let me look at those stats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You do that. Tannehill was my, he, he was kind of what I thought like Tom Brady right now was going to be like, where, um, he, he wasn't a bad quarterback by any means. He's a good quarterback, but um, he just creates a ton of production by means of he's in a fantastic offense with not really any major holes Yeah. So last
1: year he threw for uh, more yards in one less game, had 33 touchdowns to only seven interceptions. And the year before he played in 12 games for the Titans 22 touchdowns to six interceptions. Yeah. I mean, to really put it in perspective, dude was straight up balling.
0: He was. He was. And, I mean,
1: if you look at QBR, um, had a 72.6 last year, 64.2 in 2019, just a 56.3 this year, which it's weird looking back at his Dolphins numbers, the way that he really just had that untapped potential of just being able to limit the turnovers. But this year he's back to – he's throwing – Uh, second most picks in his career at 14 regardless I think he's still a solid quarterback like I like you were saying I don't think he's an exceptional quarterback at this point but he can get it done do I think the Titans are gonna you know get to the promised land I'd probably say no but I'd never rule it out with the return of Derrick Henry because we've seen what Derrick Henry does in the playoffs uh I remember that game against the Ravens I was at um, I was on a boat for formal and I was watching it on my phone and it was just disgusting the way that he tore them
0: up. I mean, violation truly. Oh man, no, I saw I saw Henry in person. He um I was at I was at the Seahawks Titans game week two. Uh, first half, we held him to I think forty, thirty-five or forty-five rushing yards. Second half, Derrick Henry explodes for 145 yards and three touchdowns. The real beast quake. Ugh. <laughs> I, I remember I predicted a beast quake to happen, but I said it would be DJ Dallas.
1: <laughs> nice. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I don't necessarily mean all the way, but, and especially because I generally, you might notice in my Chiefs pick is, and just my thought process is that, and I, I, I should pull up the statistic. Um, let me see. Um, salary of the running back on the last ten Super Bowl teams. So basically, I need to get the numbers so I can make sure um, that I get this right. But the the simple ex- explanation is that high, having a high paid running back generally does not correlate with mm-hmm. winning a Super Bowl since two thousand nine. Uh, the highest-paid running back, or their their leading rusher, I guess, would be the best way of saying it. Um, the was was actually in 2013. It was Percy Harvin, which is interesting. Wow. <laughs> um, and that and that's at 2.5 mil. There have been one, two, three, four, five guys since 2009 that are making more than one million dollars. And that's so, crazy. it's not to say that you can't win a Super Bowl with a good running back. It's just that generally teams that are built off running backs are not that successful. Um, and so that that has a lot to do with my Chiefs pick, as well as that I think the Chiefs are also just an incredible team um, with an incredible, well, not incredible, with an up-and-coming defense. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I do think if there's a team that could break that, though, I like the Packers. Um, considering it wouldn't surprise me if Aaron Jones has been phenomenal. I still don't think they should have paid him on a multi-year deal like that. I think the franchise tag would have made a lot more sense considering that AJ Dillon has been a baller. He was, he was good at Boston college, but I just didn't really see him translating, especially he's a guy that really doesn't have a ton of versatility. He kind of has stone hands, not necessarily. Um, you know, speed, but he—he's fit perfectly. He's—he's an incredible power back, truly quadzilla. Um, so maybe that'll be the caveat. Since I—I I, I guess technically it's the leading rusher in the game, so maybe AJ Dillon is the leading rusher in the Packers Super Bowl, and so it technically continues. I don't know, but I, I, the Packers obviously we know their NFC Championship woes. Who—who knows? Maybe it won't get over it but it truly is now or never. I don't know if this is really Aaron Rodgers' last dance with the Packers, but it feels like this is truly the last great opportunity for them to win a Super Bowl, which that could end up being different if they if they are able to keep the band together because when you keep Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, you're going to have a shot, but it, it really feels like this is the moment for them to take, and that's not to say the NFC is loaded. Um, Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay. Um, Dallas is great. Uh, both of the NFC West. Really, I mean, I could see anyone from the NFC making it out, with the exception of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. But I, you, you could sell me on any other NFC team. And so it, it's it's gonna be good to, it'll be interesting to see. But Chiefs, Chiefs Packers would be my prediction, and largely on the basis of my running back statistic, um, I'm I'm taking the the Chiefs. And so yeah, wait. I want to. I want to look at this. Um, eight of those backs were on. Um, okay, top ten. Okay, this, this is an interesting statistic. I believe this is after last year's Super Bowl. Eight of the um, top ten highest paid running backs in the NFL, um, their teams did not make the postseason last year, with the exception being um Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry granted this year I get I would guess it's different because you would add in the Cowboys um
0: mm-hmm. yeah Zeke's Joe, a lot. the Bengals the Bengals the Packers
1: Packers but uh. I mean the point remains having an elite running back generally doesn't correlate to greatness but I I think the biggest caveat there has to I mean Derrick Henry Derrick Henry is just a
0: glitch he's generational
1: it, it, it's incredible how and I mean Fantasy perspective is very different. I don't think anyone expected him to be bad. But, like, the way that, you know, stay away from Derrick Henry, not worth that top pick. And I understand it. He doesn't have the hands to be versatile. But there is just no one that can go off like Derrick Henry. Good for Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has been incredible in terms of having spectacular, spectacular performances. But different position, though, obviously hard to compare. But just Derrick Henry is a different kind of beast. And he's just, it's, he, he almost has a thousand rushing yards. He has, oh, yeah, league he league. was,
0: he was, he was, a, he was a top 10 rusher this year, wasn't he? Cause there were uh, only I, like, I think there were only nine be. guys that, I think there were only nine guys that hit a thousand this year. Let's look at it. I'm going to go to NFL stats,
1: sort by rushing. I'm going to have you guess where do you think Derrick Henry
0: ranks on rushing I think, yards? I think he was 10th or 11th. Even better, ninth. Jeez, ahead that's, of that's ahead crazy. Of some
1: notable people is ahead of Damian Harris. Weirdly, I didn't realize Melvin Gordon's had so many yards. Interesting. Um, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones. <laughs>
0: Jeez,
1: those aren't slouches either. I mean, no, no. I, besides like Josh that. Jacobs, I mean, of course, they're all in respectable range. It's just that's how good he is. I mean, it's also an interesting perspective considering, I mean, he had 219 carries already, which is a lot similar to a lot of touches, but the point remains. I mean, that's just how dominant
0: he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Derek, Derek Henry is so generational. I think, um, a, a lot of the reason you've kind of dove into paying running backs is a bad idea. And a lot of the reason that is because, uh, it's by far the most injury prone position and, with how many touches Derrick Henry gets, he was kind of bound to get injured like this. But honestly, it should have happened a long time ago. They were force feeding him on his 2000 yard season. And I don't think he missed so much as a snap. Um, he's just he's so physically gifted. He is so big and so fast for his size. It's just it, it's I don't know. He's, he's very uh, injury protected by his his physicality yeah no doubt i think i have
1: a, i actually have a Derek, very fake derrick henry jersey that i'm not rocky
0: oh i'm one i'm one for fake jerseys i have i have a fake uh i bought a lamello ball jersey off dh gate oh no not too I, long I, ago
1: i don't mean like dh gate though like i just got a dh gate jersey dh gate jerseys are honestly fire i mm-hmm. mean like the jersey just like looks really fake Oh really? It doesn't look like a real jersey at all, but but like who cares? I Mm -hmm. love Derrick Henry, and it doesn't matter how what kind of form I show it in. Um and yeah. Do you have anything else big to add about these playoffs, Jackson?
0: Um I think with how good this season's been, um obviously we've had a ton of different crazy moments, especially early in the season, tons of different Game-winning field goals, overtime thrillers. I think this playoff shouldn't be any different. Um, these matchups look really, really exciting to me. Uh, I think we're in for a good, a good year of playoffs.
1: That's what I really. I mean, I, I feel like this is wide open as it's ever been. I feel
0: like mm-hmm.
1: we always just come in with these big favorites, and even then, I mean, obviously, look at the, you know, the. Chiefs and Packers largely as the biggest favorites but I just I don't even they might end up winning and I have both them I have them going to the Super Bowl but it really wouldn't surprise me like I already mentioned the NFC it could be any single team um to bring it home and that's what ultimately I just want some good football and yeah so that's just about going to conclude our episode um this is your reminder I don't need to even have Jackson do it um, make sure to follow J Pow NFL J J Pow J P O W N F L J Pow NFL on TikTok greatest takes. Um, <laughs> make sure to check out a couple videos back. He's been doing progressive hot takes, and he did one episode where he showed his dog George. Just um, <laughs> cool. And-
0: by the way, by the way, for those because because this isn't going on any video platforms. We're doing this on Zoom. Jeremy has my dog. Set as his background. He's, he's the number one George enthusiast that I know. I love George. Um, <laughs> I'm
1: very pro-George. So now that, you know, I, I did the shameless plug for Jackson, uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check out the blog, the blog. I'm going to try posting more consistently. You can read after the fact my national championship pregame analysis, which was wrong because Jamison Williams got hurt and Alabama lost. And it was sad. Um Yeah, follow the Instagram at the.redshirt. That's where I'm posting when anything new drops. And yeah, I really, really appreciate you guys listening to this episode of the Redshirt Podcast. We'll see you guys next time.